Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. I want to do something a little bit uh, different. Um, I don't even know if there is a usual, so... um, But I want to prepare you, like for the next few moments, um, I don't want you to look at this as the part of the, ser- the, the, the service in which this is the sermon, because I don't want you to think about these next few moments as a sermon. Um, I want you to think of it as a moment in which um, I just want to share from my heart a few different things that the Lord's laid on it, uh, but I also want to just challenge your thinking. Um, I want, my goal even today is for you to leave Uh, this room, just to be thinking about some things in a way that maybe you've never thought about them before. Okay, so there's there's not going to be no, aha, big, wow, but there's going to be like, hmm, I'm going to have to take, and I'm going to have to ponder that for a while. I'm going to think about that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about just the fact that life is such a gift. Like, just, just this moment, like, it's such a gift. Like, it's, it's, it's so precious, like, e- every day. And um, I, I don't know about some of your, your, your backgrounds or where you're coming from, but what I experienced a lot of time growing up, especially when I got around other people that were Christians or uh, church, churches, and um, it, it always, at least to me, appeared or it felt like that the goal of Christianity was to get to heaven. Like, it, it didn't matter what it was. Like, like, every Sunday, it could have been like, hey, you're such a bad person, and you're going to burn in hell, so just don't burn in hell. Go to heaven, right? And, like, everything was just about, like, man, like, just get there. If, like, we could just get through this life, one day it'll get better. Like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? A few people experienced some of that growing up? Like, man, like, this life is just the pits, like, this life, things are going to be horrible, and it's just like, it's depressing, but we have a hope that one day we'll get to Jesus, and like, there'll be streets of gold, which is a little bit tacky, let's be honest, you know, but like, hey, Jesus, whatever your style is, that's cool, and, but like, that was the goal, like, life was just made up of like, let's just get through it so we can get to heaven, um, and my experience has just been something different from that. My experience with, with Christ and, and my relationship is, um, I, like, I've never heard the audible voice of God, right? Like, we use this language, like, man, I feel like the Lord spoke to me. Or, like, you get around people, man, God spoke to me. Like, he's never, like, spoke to me the booming voice from the sky, right? It's never, like, that moment that we read about where Jesus is getting baptized, and, like, there's this voice, or there's God from the mountain speaking. Uh, I've never had that, and I don't really know many people that ever have, and, and, and the, the, that means this, like, this life that I now live, I'm living by faith. Like, like all of it, like, there's this faith that I have and this belief in, 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 the, in the scriptures, in Jesus, and I'm one that, like, I like to work things out logically in my mind. And, and so for me, the Christian faith is one of, yeah, yeah, there's faith, but like I've also worked it out 
intellectually. I worked it out emotionally. Like I've spent many years of my life, uh, I lived overseas for a long time, so I've spent so much time around uh, Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and uh, all, all different types of faith. And, and, I, I, and I've heard the arguments on every end. And at the end of the day, for me, there is nothing more logical than Jesus. Like there is no other faith that makes more sense than the Christian faith. There is no other thing. So like whenever the scriptures say that you only have to have faith like a mustard seed, I'm like, I'm there. I'm there, y'all. Because the truth is for every other faith that's ever been presented to me, it takes a whole lot more faith to believe that. Like it takes a whole lot more faith to be an atheist than to be a Christian. It takes a whole lot more faith to believe that like one day there was a big boom and everything just appeared. Like, man, that's a whole lot of faith. Like, I just kind of believe like, like there was a God, right, that, like, that could do this. Like, for me, that's a little bit more of the mustard seed level. And so this life that I live, like, the, the, there's the working of emotions and intellect and thoughts. And, and, and at the end of the day, though, there is just this faith, this faith, because I've never heard his, his voice audibly. Jesus has never stood beside me in the flesh, and we've never had a conversation like I'm having with you right now. I've never just been like, hey, Jesus, what's your favorite color? He hasn't told me yet, right? It's just it's like, but th- let's be honest, like, that's a little frustrating. Like, that's a little frustrating because I could ask my wife, hey, what's your favorite color? What do you want to eat for night? Like, so there's this relationship, and everything we talk about with our faith is built upon this relationship with Christ, but there's certain things about Christ that are frustrating, it's frustrating because there's my faith and there's my expectations and there's what I read about in the scripture. And if I'm not careful, my faith can just get frustrated. My faith could get frustrated because my present experience isn't matching up with my future hope. My present experience isn't matching up with my future hope. Man, Jesus, I, I just, I thought you. I thought we'd be a little further along by now. Jesus, I thought this healing would have worked. And, you know, I thought the doctor's report would have already come back better by now. Jesus, I thought you would have done this in my marriage by now. I thought you would have done this as a parent by Jesus, 10 years as a church, I thought we'd have our own building by now. Like, come on, God, why are you so slow? Right? And, and like, let's be honest, you've all had those conversations with God. You may not say them out loud, See, like, that's kind of my place. I like to say out loud the thing that everybody thinks. But here's the thing. Jesus doesn't mind that. That's the beauty of this relationship. That's the beauty of this life of faith. And so I found myself, though, in this place of a little bit frustrated with Jesus. Of like, God, I'm not understanding. How come there's certain things that it it just, it's, it's not as easy as I would like. And God, I'm not experiencing you in a way that I would want to experience you. And God, you're not speaking to me in a way that I would want you to speak. And I found myself just kind of like one of the prophets, like Isaiah or Jeremiah, really Jeremiah, just kind of complaining to God of like, God, where were you at in this moment? Or how come you didn't do this? Or I, I just thought this. And I'm complaining to God. And then I realized, see, I could get frustrated in my faith if I only think like this, because there's actually a flaw in my thinking. See, I'm not realizing something. I'm not realizing that life is a gift. Life is a gift. And what I mean by that 
is do you realize, do you and I realize that at this moment, no matter what you're going through, we are living in a moment that we get to worship Jesus, we get to have a faith like we will never have again. Like there will be a day, like this life, even, even Ecclesiastes tells us, it's but a vapor. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow, and what we do in this little bit of time, this little vapor, will make the difference for all of eternity, right? And so when we enter in, when we enter into that moment where we're, we're, we're no longer con- confined with this earthly body and we're in the flesh with Jesus, living forevermore, when, when revelations comes to a, a, a culmination and everything is done, we have a chance now that we'll never have again. See, you will never get to worship him in your pain again. You will never get to worship him in the midst of your sorrow because there won't be any more tears. You're not going to get to worship him with a faith that we have now, because right now there's this life that I live, and I live it by faith, and Jesus, I'm praying to you, and I'm, I don't know your favorite color, but there will day come when I could just walk up to you, and man, what's your favorite color, Jesus? See, like right now, people are wondering, like, is he real? The day will come, will be like, he's right there. Like, just go talk to him. There won't be, like, this faith that we have now, like, like, no matter what you're going through, like, man, I get to worship him in the midst of this prison, in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this heartache, in the midst of this suffering. I will never have that chance again. I get to worship in a way because whenever I stand before him, I will fully know him just as I am fully known, the scriptures tell us. So right now, I get to worship him in a way that Jesus, like, I don't even know if that's true about you, but God, I'm going to believe it on faith. It's on faith. And then you realize that this life is a gift. Even the pain, even the hurt, even the sorrows. We get to go through this. The psalmist says it like this in Psalm 23, 6, the end of one of the most beautiful psalms. He he closes it down with these words, surely Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and mercy, surely your unfailing love will not just follow me. Some other translations, I think the one that's on the screen, will pursue me down all the days of my life. In other words, listen, I'm not just, I'm not just living this life in anticipation of the good stuff to come and we'll just get in heaven. Like when you read the scriptures, there's this reality that Jesus is actually trying to bring heaven to earth. Like you can live this life that God wants for us now. We don't have to wait till someday we get the pie in the sky. Like God's like, I'm trying to bring it to you now. This is an opportunity. This is a moment. This is where you could use your faith. And surely, Goodness and mercy will follow me. Now, that's the thing that caught me. Will follow me all the days of my life. Because I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I don't want it to follow me. I want it to be in front of me. Like, goodness, mercy, that's great. I want to, like, pursue that. I want to be walking into the goodness. Why does it got to follow me? Like, that means I've already gone past it, and it's all in the back. Somebody else is going to get all that goodness. Somebody else is going to get all that mercy. I want to, let me walk into that thing. Let me walk into the blessings. Man, blessings following me, mercy following me, like, all of that stuff. Like, now I want to move into that thing. What is following you? 
What's following you? Uh, are, are there any dog owners in the house today? Yeah, absolutely. Y'all are all going to heaven. Because um, dogs are so much cooler than cats. Um, like, if you have a dog and it's a good dog, like, that dog will literally, like, just, you, he'll just follow you. Like, you come home, and, like, where's, you don't have to wonder where the dog's is, because he's right there. The dog will always literally be right there. Where's the cat? No one knows. No, the cat is just, cats are arrogant, they do their own thing, you know, like, but the dog, like, man, surely goodness and mercy. Like, as a kid, actually, I thought my name was goodness for the longest time. Goodness, Lucas, like the dog, just right there. Some of y'all, I'll get that later. And then, <laughs> all right. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Have you ever stopped long enough to see what's following you? Have you ever stopped long enough to look back to see what kind of wake you're leaving? Have you ever gotten someone's presence and like, man, I just can't believe that they're here. Like, like you, have you ever get around Judy? Judy is like just the most joyful person. And like you get around Judy and you're just like, you're happy that she's in the room. And like when she leaves, she just leaves this trail of joy. Like you can't get in her presence and not be like, man, I just feel better. You're like you have friends like that. You have people in your life that they just leave goodness. They just leave mercy. You're just like, man, I need you to come over every once in a while because I need your presence Come on, have you ever just experienced worship in such a way that it didn't matter how good Alan was playing or not? Lord, your presence is in this place, and it doesn't matter what the pastor says because goodness and mercy has followed, and I just walk in his residue. Come on, surely goodness and mercy, what is it that follows us? Man, the, the joy of it, the joy of being in the presence of God because whenever God comes into the room, man, goodness and mercy follow behind him. And man, I, I just love the fact that I get that. What are you leaving behind or are you leaving behind something else? Are you leaving behind a wake of broken relationships? Are you leaving behind a wake of anger and frustration and rage? Are you leaving behind a wake of something else? Are you leaving behind, well, the last 12 churches I went to just weren't any good. <laughs> Listen, bruh, I don't think it's the churches. There's a common denominator here, right? What are you leaving behind? Have we stopped? Have we paused long enough? Because David's writing this song, and he's like, listen, you need to know something about this song that I sing that becomes a song of an entire nation, that whenever I enter a place, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because I've already got something of Jesus right now in this moment even in the midst of these battles, even in the midst of things going on inside of my family that will follow me all of the days of my life. What kind of trail are we leaving? What kind of breadcrumbs are we leaving for other people to follow? Y'all remember that? Uh, what was it Hansel and Gretel, I think, or whatever, like that old, there's an old kid story, and like they're, they're leaving trails, and I think first it's stones, and then it's bread or something, and they're leaving this trail for people to follow. Jesus has left a trail for us to follow. It's a trail of goodness. You're wondering, like, what you should do with your life? Do good. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what the Lord is speaking. Do good. Have mercy. It's like you don't, you're not going to get before the Lord, and he's going to be like, you're in so much trouble. You did so much good. Like, we're so afraid, right? We act as like, I don't know if that's the will of God. Do good. 
Just do good. Do good. And, and then if you find something that's more good, do the more good. It's not that hard. Everyone's like so freaked out. Like if you were a part of church in like the 90s, there was all this like, there's the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God and the, the third will of God. And you're what? Just do good. Like, and if you mess up, he'll help you out. Hey, don't do that no more. Peter, you just chopped off an ear. Don't do that. Heal the ear. Like, literally, like, we act as if God is like these, like, eggshells that we're walking on. That, like, I just can't mess up because the second I do something wrong, God's going to bash me. And we wonder why our relationship with him is so messed up. Like, he loves you. Like, literally, he died for you. What kind of trail are we leaving? Jesus left us the most beautiful trail of all. There are aspects of our lives that will only be made clear with what follows. There are aspects of our lives that will only be made clear with what follows. And if we're not careful, we will judge in the present what only can be judged in the future. I think the best example of this is the cross. Because if we were there at that moment, the cross looks like the biggest failure of all times. The cross looks like all of our hope is nailed to this cross, and there's no way that there's anything else good can come of this. If we were in that moment and looked like everything was sad, everything was darkened, if we were just to look at the moment of that present, but I'm here to tell you that 2,000 years later, we're still experiencing the residue of what Jesus left behind on that cross. We're still walking in what he has done for us. And it's still speaking, but if we're not careful, we will judge in the present what only can be judged in the future. And we will, fend, we will spend our present frustrated because our present circumstances aren't matching up with our future hope. And God, I just didn't think it would work out like this. And yet Jesus said, listen, I have resolutely set my eyes to this cross. Man, we'll spend our lives just feeling like a failure. Because how do you know, like, when you plant seeds, it takes time for them to grow. Like, we live in a society, especially a generation now, where it's just like, like it, let me make sure I, I don't want to offend anybody, but like, especially like us, I'm not an us, I'm a Gen Xer, but there's a whole group of these millennials, and I know there's some in the room this morning, but like, and let me just speak to you millennials right now, like, I love, the, love, love, love the fact that like, man, you want to make a difference in the world right? You're like, man, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. But you're so mad because you can't do it in 30 days, right? You start a new job and like, yeah, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to change the world. And like, you quit. Like, it takes time. Seeds take time. It takes time for goodness and mercy to follow you all of the days of your life. And if you judge in the present, man, yeah, you might feel like a failure, but there's things that you'll have to actually walk this life out to see what it is. And it takes time, which is all too frustrating, I know. But it is. It's the reality. It's what we're living like. This, this campaign, it's, not, it's more than a campaign. It's, it's a lifestyle that we're trying to, to get in every one of us. That's who's your one. 
Who, who are you reaching that's far from Christ? I'll tell you right now, like, if you're doing this, and it's so much fun, like, we have these journals, and we're praying, and I'm doing this. I mean, I've been praying prayers that I've never prayed before, and I just love it. And, uh, but here's the thing. This is not a quick fix. You can't just like, okay, I know who my one is, and I'm going to pray for them, and they're going to get saved next Sunday. I've got two different guys in my life. I've been praying for these dudes and been talking to them for like five years. I've been planting seeds. And if I was to just judge it on this moment, I would feel like a failure. I mean, just this last week, one of them, I was like, man, all right, this, this, this year, this year Easter's going to be amazing. You're going to want to come Easter. Come on. Like, come on. Let's, we've been talking about this. And this dude was like, nah, man, I'm going on a cruise. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you don't need to be going on a cruise right now. You're going to get stuck in the coronavirus part two. Like, I wouldn't be going on a cruise. Which tells me he's got a lot of faith, though. So if I could just get him here. <laughs> but it's been five years. Five years. Just planting seeds. Hey, man, I'm just here for you. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. It's a long obedience. See, it's not just what follows us. It's not just that goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. It's it's not not just the what, but it's the who. It's the who. Jesus, every moment he's... He's leaving this trail his entire life, and these were going to be my breadcrumbs because that's the what I brought. And um, it's like every moment, you know, Jesus is just, this is the way. You want to know what path. So like when you open up the scriptures, there's this idea of Jesus saying, okay, you want to know which way I went? Just follow the crumbs. Just, just follow the crumbs. Just, this is what I'm doing. Just just follow it. Goodness. Mercy. Like, there goes some goodness right there. Follow the trail that we leave. I think maybe a really good illustration of this would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, who has penned probably half of the New Testament, like when you can't read the New Testament without reading about Paul. This amazing guy. But what's interesting about Paul is the way his life starts. The way his life starts is I actually want to read it. It's um, Acts, Acts 9. Find it here. Acts 9. It says this Meanwhile, Paul was uttering threats with every breath. Every breath, everything that was in him, every word that he spoke was uttering threats with, to, to kill the Lord's followers. Everything about Paul. See, he had grown up in Judaism, and, and he, he was doing everything he can to wipe out what would be called at that time followers of the way. So they wouldn't be called Christian. They would be called followers of the way, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you wouldn't be a Christian. You would be a follower of the way, a follower of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, like, he knew the Old Testament inside and out. He is the Hebrews of Hebrews. He, like, and here's what's interesting. Everything that he was doing, he was doing for God. Everything that he was doing, he was doing underneath the belief that I'm, I, I'm, I'm helping God. 
every breath of just like, I just want to kill all of these people because they, they stand against everything that I know about the law. And then you have this moment in Acts where God gets a hold of Paul and says, why are you persecuting me? To which is like, Paul is just like, what? I've spent my entire life trying to do everything for you. So there's this instant revelation that Paul has that I've got it wrong. I've got it wrong. Now this is important, because think about it. This guy is the Pharisee of Pharisees. This guy is the top of the game. This is, this is the guy that other little Jew, Jewish boys looked up to and wanted to be like. He was the one that his trail that everyone was following was, this is how you do it. This is how you kill Christians. This is what you do to, to, to show your love to God. You follow all the laws. You do all of the rules. You follow all of the regulations. And God gets a hold of him and says, you've got it wrong. And I love the fact that just... Paul, just the humility of the, this moment of just like, are you telling me that like I've spent all of my life and I've missed it? Have you ever had that moment where you've thought something for so long only to realize you were dead wrong? Growing up, <laughs> some of y'all get this. We had to do science projects, and in the science projects, every kid did this. You built a solar system. And in that solar system, there was a planet called Pluto. Come to find out, now they're telling kids, it's not a planet anymore. What? Pluto's not a planet? Are you kidding me? I built the sculpture. There's Earth and Mercury and Venus and Uranus and Neptune and there's Mars. And, like, there's Pluto. Like, and some, like, my kids are like, no, nah, Pluto's not a planet anymore, Dad. They found out. I'm like, let's put it on there anyway. Right? Because I put it on my science project. I've known it for the last 40 years of my life. There's a Pluto. And it's out there. Right? Like every one of us. Like there's that moment of something you thought you knew. And like you're just like, I don't even care if everyone else says it's wrong. I'm still believing that there's a Pluto. Like if anyone could have done this, it was Paul. I spent my whole life, I've got Old Testament memorized. If anyone could have drifted back into the old ways of Judaism, it was Paul, but he, no, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. And like, I thought I was blessing you. Come to find out I was persecuting you. God, forgive me. This is such an important moment because like, if you want to find yourself like in this walk, in this frustration gap that we have, the, the life that we know is there and the life that we want to live and the relationship that we want to have with God and the relationship that we have and this, this gulf between and we want to tighten that gap and we're wondering, like, how do we make that happen? How do, how do I get to know what God's favorite color is? How, how do I know what you're thinking, Lord? How do I know what you're speaking? How do I know what the goodness is to follow? You want to know the secret to it? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. If you will humble yourself, it provides the atmosphere in which the Lord says, I can work with that. You might come to find out you were wrong on a lot of things. You may be tempted to move back into other things. But let me remind you, the thing that you were, you were doing, it wasn't leaving a trail of goodness and mercy. And now all of a sudden, you look at Paul's life and you look at the trail of goodness and mercy that begins to follow him. I want to read actually what it says in Galatians 1.23. It says this. People are talking about 
Saul that's turned into Paul. Paul here, now, now that he's preaching the gospel, says this, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith that he tried to destroy. I mean, talk about redemption. The very faith that he was trying to destroy, he's now preaching. Not only is he preaching, he's penning the New Testament. I mean, this, like sometimes I think when we look at the Apostle Paul, we look at certain people and we think like, they're just heroes. Like, no, 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 like God's saying like, this is the power of God working in a man's life that was literally killing Christians. This is the power of God. This is what God can do with a life that you've left You've left and you're trailing. You're here this morning and you just feel like I've left a trail of destruction. I've left a trail of broken relationships and hurt and pain. And I've left this trail and, and there's so many people that my past that you don't know what I've done, Lucas. But when God gets a hold of you, he reverses the trail. And now all of a sudden, oh, the very things that I thought were leading me to you, God, may have been leading me away, but now, even in the pain, I could worship you. Even in the sorrow, even in the midst of this prison, Jesus, I could worship you. Even when they shut me up, we can start praising in this place because I know this, I know that this is just for a moment. And we know that we serve a God who works all things for the good. Now that's hard to comprehend, because how could God use that for good? But when he reverses the trail, surely goodness and mercy. And if he could do it for Paul, man, he could do it for me. And if he could do it for me, he could do it for you. I don't care what you're going through. I don't know, care what you've been through. I'm telling you that this is an opportunity to praise him, to worship him like you'll never have before. Because God can do it. He could reverse it. It's the, his whole life is a testimony of the grace and the power of the love of Jesus. It goes on to say, listen, the same God, Paul says this, writing, writing to the church, the same God who worked through Peter to the Jews is working through me to the Gentiles. Do you catch that? The same, like, because Peter's the man. Peter's the dude that stands up and in one sermon, 5,000 people come to Christ, Right? And Paul's like, the same guy who's working through Peter is working through me. The same Holy Spirit who's working in him is working in me. The same Holy Spirit that right now I'm speaking this message to you is the same Holy Spirit that's going to work inside to preach this message to your neighbor and your coworker and your friend and your relative and your mother and your father and your next door neighbor. It's the same God, the same power, Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, it's not that you come to church and it's just like, oh, we get to hear from the pastor. No, 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 like there's what I say, but then there's, man, that same power is inside of you to make a difference in this world, to make a change, to make an impact. The same God who took this persecutor of the church and used him to change the world. The same God who took a fisherman and with one message, 5,000 people came to Christ. The same God who took a tax collector, listen, took a tax collector and changed the world. That tells me that God could even use the IRS, y'all. God could even use the IRS to make a difference. That means no matter what you've done, you ain't too far from Jesus. 
We serve a God who has left a trail of goodness and mercy, and I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. And he says the same thing for us. Eternity, I'm telling you, it's but a moment away. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. No matter what you're going through, I'm telling you, this moment, it might not feel successful. But there's certain things that can only be made clear in the rear view. I don't wake up most mornings feeling like, actually, I've learned this. The things in life that truly matter very, very rarely feel successful at the time in which you're doing them. To be a good husband, to be a good father, I don't wake up in the morning thinking like, man, I nailed it today. Good dad, yeah, baby. Like, man, to be a good pastor, like, I don't wake up, like, I don't walk off of the stage. Listen, 90% of the time, I don't walk off feeling like, man, that was amazing. 90% of the time, I'm walking off feeling like, God, did any of that even make any sense? Lord, God, if you didn't do anything, that was just horrible. Lord, I have no clue. God, you've got to do something because, oh, and I'm just like, God, I could have done this. I could have said this. I could have done this better. And, like, and I'll, I'll beat myself up and like, I'll feel. And then like, somebody will come up to me and be like, Pastor, it changed my life. And God reminds me, it doesn't matter what I'm feeling in my present because surely goodness Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.